We're going to start in John 8, verse uh, 39. John 8, verse 39. Here's what it says. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you're looking for a way to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. But Jesus said to them, if, if God were your father, then you would love me. For I've come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're not able to hear what I say. You belong to your father. This is the best part. The devil. <laughs> and you want to carry out his bidding. How about that? Has Jesus ever called you the devil before? Anybody? Anybody? Great. We're talking about, in this series, we're talking about the ability to hear God or not hear God, right? And so uh, I love this passage because it's this passage of the crowd who, when you read a Bible verse, you always pick a side, right? If you hear a story, if someone tells you about uh, some kind of story, you pick up a book, you read the news, you always naturally pick a side. And so when you read this story, you pick a side as well. You assume, well, Jesus has to be the right side, so we have to be against the crowd. Well, the crowd are a bunch of faithful Jews, meaning people who have come from a long line, okay, generation, generation, of people who have tried to listen to one voice, the voice of God, the true God, the one and only God, right? Yahweh. And they have been listening to this voice. They've been following this voice. They've followed fire, flame, tents. They've followed all sorts of different symbols from God their entire existence. And it's led them up to this moment. And in this moment, they're here arguing with Jesus because Jesus is saying words that to their understanding do not line up with all of their experience. Everything in their scriptures, everything that they've seen in the temples, these words out of this man's mouth don't line up. This man is not from God. And so they're saying to him, and at the end of the passage in chapter 8, they end up saying, well, surely you're a man possessed by a demon. Wow. So the question to you this morning, if God were to speak to you this morning, would you think it was God or would you think it was a demon? Anybody? Anybody? No? Okay. How about this? If God were to speak to you this morning, how would you know for sure that it was God? In this moment right now, in this next moment, right, in this next second, if God were to speak to you, how would you know that it was Him? How would you know that it was God? Because what's so interesting about this passage that we start with this morning is that these are people who have done more work than you and I have. These people have read more. These people have prayed more. They've meditated more. They've sacrificed more. Their entire lives are built. Even though things they eat, the way they dress, the way they bathe, everything about their life is to remind them about the presence of God. Every single thing for a Jew reminds them about the voice of God. God spoke these things to us on Mount Sinai. This is what His voice sounds like. But God, standing right in front of them, speaking directly to them, they missed it. So for you, the question is similar. For people like us who haven't done even half of what they did to prepare ourselves to hear God speak, how would you know if God were speaking to you this morning? How would you even know? Now, just kind of hold that in your head as we kind of move on this morning. But here's one thing for you also. What is your least favorite form of communication? So... There are all ways to talk. So you think about people that you love. Think about your friends, family, spouse, children, whatever, right? How do you communicate to them? Anybody? Come on, holler it out. What? Text? Anyone else? 
talk, like audible words. Anyone else? It's Mother's Day. What are you doing for your moms? Hopefully, you're going to give them a what? Gift giving? No, you terrible children. <laughs> Here's a hint. Go buy something. Okay, here you go. Give a gift, right? It's communication, right? What are some other ways? Anybody? Oh, service. Okay, have you ever heard of the five love language, anybody? Anyone? Okay, so what are they, right? Gifts, quality time, right? Uh, acts of service, uh, words of affirmation. Whoop. Oh, physical touch. <laughs> Who whistled to physical touch? <laughs> yeah, it's Mother's Day. It's not going to happen. That was a good joke. You should laugh about that. <laughs> Father's Day, you can ask, right? <laughs> you guys got to loosen up. Come on now. You got to have a good time. And so as this whole thing goes, right, there's all different ways. There is a way that is your favorite, and there is a way that you just do not connect to it, right? Um, who's ever watched uh, So You Think You Can Dance? You know what I'm talking about? It's the show, right? And so it's all the people who, it's like American Idol, but for dancing. Do you get it? Everyone got it? If you haven't seen it, do you know what American Idol is? How about the voice? Any competition with singing? Any competition at all? Okay, you get it. It's a dance competition. Okay. Have you ever seen them when they get their ticket to go to the next stage? Have you seen like, what they do? Okay. Do they go, yes. Do they go, how do they react? All these body type people, okay, hold on. Here's what they do. <laughs> now, I could actually do some more dance, but I won't do it. But they will do that into somersault, spin, aerial. Yeah, you better believe it. And they'll tumble out the door, and they'll jump up like this. When I watch the show, I think two things. One, they must be aliens, okay, because I've never experienced that in my life. There's nothing I've ever experienced that makes me want to jump up and down. Like that, what I just did, I feel awful. <laughs> I feel terrible, okay? I would never do that. When my child was born, I did not jump up and down. I was like, mm, and a tear of, of happiness came down my face. That was about it. Like, you're not ever going to hear me. If I won the lottery right now, I would be like, mm, yes. I'm not going to do a somersault. It's not how I communicate to people period, right? Second thing I think when I see that, I'm a little bit jealous. I think to myself, I can see on the screen how much they're getting out. Like, uh, Do you ever feel like there's things that you wish that you could just get out and you just can't, right? There are things that you're trying to get from here to out here and you just can't get it. And when I watch these people doing somersaults, cartwheels down the aisle, I'm like, man, I would be embarrassed so bad if I did that. But I would, I'm a little bit envious. I wish I had a way to get what's in out like that. Have you guys ever met someone who likes to write? Who, like, when they really care about you, they won't ever say it in words, but they'll, like, write you a note or a text message. Okay, if you ever work for me, okay, you, you find this out. I'm a terrible audible encourager. If I encourage you with my audible words, it sounds like I'm being condescending. Man, you did a great job. <laughs> they always take it as like a, oh man, he really thinks I'm terrible. So I try not to encourage audibly because it just gets taken the wrong way. What I will do is text people because if I wrote it with my hands, like you would not read it, it's awful. But I, I send really good text messages. I send the best encouraging text in the room, but I will, the words just don't work for me, right? There are ways for us to receive communication and to give them, right? And so this whole series is talking about God speaking to us. And so the basis of this series 
is that so common, I hear people say, God's never spoken to me, or I've, I've tried to pray, it doesn't work for me, or He doesn't speak to me like those people do. And, and you've all heard the stories that the minister, the prophet, the speaker, whoever it is, has come in and say, well, God spoke to me today, and here's a word from you. And uh, I was talking to someone in my office between services, and we we're talking about our experiences in a charismatic church. Every sermon had to be a word from God, every single one of them. And so when I came up, I had to say something like, when I was in prayer, the Lord spoke to me, and, I would, and then I would share it to you. It was really popular in charismatic churches to have your notes and be like, you know what, the Lord spoke to me? We're going to ditch the notes this morning. And it happened every Sunday, by the way, every Sunday. The charismatic church was perfect for me because I'm a terrible preparer. If I prepare a sermon, it's garbage, all right? I have to get it right before the sermon. And so I always could say, man, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me, and so I'm going to ditch my notes. My notes were blank, by the way. There's nothing on them. The Lord spoke. We're going to ditch that, and we're going to go somewhere new, which I learned was just me saying, this is my personality. I hope you like it. Amen. Hallelujah. And so there's all sorts of ways of communication we're comfortable with and ways that we're not. There's ways that we understand and ways that we do not understand. And so when it comes to God, the starting point for you to learn that God is speaking to you is to get God outside of your little box. There are small ways that, God, that we've been taught God speaks to us. We've been taught that God speaks to people through the Scriptures, through the Bible, Right? Now, have you ever had that experience? Have you ever experienced God in the Scriptures, right? You had the right verse for the right moment. Oh, it just hits you just right. We've been taught that God puts these kind of words into our brains. So when someone comes up and they give you a word, or you hear some pastor talking, it's the idea that there's like an audible voice speaking in their head. Have you ever heard of that before? Okay? And then there's the really spiritual people, like the ones who fast and pray all day long, and they get to hear the what? The audible voice of God. Awesome. So what we do is like we kind of create this kind of a tiered step. It's almost like a mountain, right? And the idea is like to get more spiritual. At the top of the spiritual mountain, I will hear God speak audibly just like Pastor Devin speaking right now. And we all know that God speaks in the nice, very white voice, buttery and deep. Amen. If God hadn't gone through puberty yet, you would know it's Him. Hey! <laughs> That's not God. My God's been way through puberty. <laughs> Come on. It's true, right? It's so funny, but it's true. And so what goes into us is we have this idea that we have to kind of earn God's voice. We either have to be uber spiritual, you know, we have to be the guy who's in the prayer closet 24-7. We have to be the extremely holy person, right? The one who's, who just always obeying God, so God's going to speak to them because they're the special child, right? And so inside of this series, one of the things I want you to learn is that God has been speaking to you your entire life. You've even been hearing God speak to you. You've been sensing and feeling God speak to you your entire life. You just haven't known it was His voice. How about this? How would you ever know who your parents were? When did you first realize who your mom and dad were? Anybody? That first moment you go, oh, that's my mom and that's my dad. Anyone remember? What were the first words that you tried to teach your kids? Not mama. Dad, dad. Dad, who cares? It's not even her day yet. See, it's one day a year. Dad, dad. It's because the syllables are harder to make the hard. D. Okay, okay. I don't need. I don't need it. I, if I wanted, no, I'm just kidding. But um, it's how this whole thing works, right? You were told who your parents were, right? You're told. Mama, 
Dada, right? Better. <laughs> Dada. The one who's going to spoil you. Yes. Amen. Right? You, you get how the whole thing works, right? You were informed. So much of how you understand your entire existence, this gets a little bit deep, we're not going to go into this today, but almost the majority of everything that you understand about the world has been given to you by someone else. Someone has told you this, right? How was America born? Anyone know? You were given a story. This is how this happened, right? So how was this planet made? Depending on the school you went to, if you went to a private Christian school like me, I was going to a very different story than you were in public school, right? The earth is 6,000 years old, and, we, and you were given a story, correct? And the story that you were given when you went to public school was very different than the one that I was given, correct? Everything that we understand is given to us. Now, that's a beautiful thing on one side, but on the other hand, it has some downsides. Because we are put into these little boxes of what, who God is and what God is like, how God speaks. And the Scriptures do an amazing job of trying to get us outside of this, but we always try to bring God back. Now, who understands the word lexicon? Who likes the word lexicon? Anybody? Not leprechaun. Lexicon. It's not a little short white guy, okay? Lexicon, okay? So, if you don't know this word lexicon, the vocabulary of a person, language, or branch of knowledge. Here's what it means. Your lexicon is the ability for you, right? How many words, how many symbols, how many ways are you able to understand? I'll make it simple. When you talk to a one-year-old, how many words are they able to understand? If I speak to my little two-year-old, I say, homoousias. Homoousias? Who here knows what that word means? Zach, put your hand down. Homoousias? And she goes, yeah? <laughs> which, is, which she would do. She would, yeah? She has no idea what I'm saying, right? That word is not in her lexicon. Does that make sense? It means nothing to her. I could say, honey, Christ is homoousios of the Father. And she goes, yeah? <laughs> Just like us, right? Okay. It's not in her lexicon. I can speak that to her all day long. I'm never going to connect. Okay? Now, if I sit down with my two-year-old and I say, Peppa Pig, <laughs> right? Connection. And she will run to the living room and get the TV on. And she has her snack. She's ready to go. Right? She understands this. We've made connection. Right? Now, when you speak to someone, when you communicate to someone, the goal of it is to connect. Um, what's interesting here, the, the definition. Communication is this. Communication is social contact. I'll break it down. To connect to another other. All right? For me to connect to another, for me to connect to you right now, this is communication. It's not just words, it's not just symbols. It's for a connection for us who are separate to now have some kind of connection. When I'm saying these words to my little girl, there is no connection. I've got to use a lexicon, I've got to use words, something that makes sense to her. The question this morning for you guys how big is your lexicon with God? How many ways can God speak to you? and you still know it's God. Okay. How many ways can God speak to you right now, and you still know that it's God? Here's an example. Who grew up in charismatic churches, like fun ones, crazy ones, where it got wild? Okay, amen, hallelujah. Okay. If I came to you in a charismatic church, man, God was everywhere. Prince was thick today. Shekinah. Okay. How would you translate that to an ordinary person? If an ordinary person were in the room and they walked out, what would they say to someone else? They would say this. (laughs) 
It's cold in there. I got goosebumps. You should turn the heat on. No, those were holy goosies. Holy goosies. Yeah, I feel it when the wind blows and I don't have a coat on. It's called being cold. Goosebumps. Your body telling you, put clothes on. Got it. Uh, who's ever been to a Baptist church before? Okay. The, the idea in the Baptist churches, if you notice the pulpit is always up front, the idea of us preaching like this is actually extremely Protestant. The idea is that the Word of God is elevated. Right? Do, you, do you see this? I don't have an actual Bible, which I'm a sinner. But if I did, the idea is that the highest thing in the room is what? The Bible. The Word of God. Okay? If you go to a Presbyterian church, the, the, the pulpits actually loft into the air. It's really beautiful. And so what they understand is, is that the way that God speaks to us now, He used to do way things, the Holy Spirit used to do all these different things. The way God speaks now is through His written Word. So when the Word of God is preached, they say, God has spoken to us. When there's a sermon, when they open the Scriptures, God is speaking. They even call that the work of the Holy Spirit, which it is. If I were to translate, God is speaking to an ordinary person, what would I say to them? I read a book today. God spoke today. An ordinary person who's not Baptist goes, hey, I read a book. Do you see this? Okay, fine. Okay. I got one, one more. I was one with Mother Earth this morning. Oh, yeah. How would I translate that? I hugged a tree, and then I walked barefoot to the lawn. It was magical. Any Eastern Orthodox in here? Anybody? No one? I meditated and connected to God today. How would an ordinary person say that? I tried not to think about anything, but it was really hard, so I thought about a lot of things, and I tried to think about nothing. <laughs> Code, <laughs> meditating. Thinking about nothing, but thinking hard about thinking about nothing. Are you seeing these different things? Are you seeing how silly these things are, right? Each, each of our tribes, okay, it doesn't matter, right? It depends on the country you're born in, the time period that you're born in, the, the uh, religious culture or a lack thereof that you're born into, whatever it is, right? Here's one more for you. I, <laughs> that person's got good vibrations. Have you ever heard that? Their energy was good. No one? Have you heard the Beach Boys? Good vibrations? What's the code for that? I like the beach. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> In all these different things, right, we are learning. We're having experience and people tell us what is what, right? If I get up on this stage and I tell you that I just connected to Mother Earth, you will think I'm a heretic. Okay? If I walk into a Baptist church and said, man, do you feel the holy goosies? It will not end well for me, okay? We each have a lexicon, okay? If the Baptists have a charismatic experience, okay, and I've actually been called for these different things, they will actually think it was, not they, but sometimes it's actually been characterized as something other than God. If you go into a Baptist church this morning, and again, when I say Baptist, I'm talking loose, okay? So imagine the most conservative Baptist church you can picture. 
and you begin to jump up and down, holler, and like roll on the ground like the Holy Spirit's all over you, what is he going to do with you? God is in the room. Do you think so? Ushers. If you begin to take your shoes off and connect to Mother Earth, what are we going to do with you? Get your shoes on. Put them on. But I'm connecting to the divine. No, your feet stink. Put your shoes on. We each have a lexicon. There are common ways that we understand God speaking to us. The book of Acts is one of the most beautiful examples of this. The book of Acts is full of crazy, outrageous ways that God is speaking to people, and they don't understand it. Okay? For example, if we're hanging out here and I'm preaching right now, if you looked up at this light bulb, okay, just imagine this. Imagine if this light bulb was a tongue. Okay, so just like, you know, picture a tongue flopping without a face or a mouth, just out there, right? I'm sure it's got some saliva dripping. And then light it on fire. Can you even, like, can you even do this? This is more of a kid's church message, I think. Get, <laughs> your thinking hat's on. A tongue flopping on fire, and now there's going to be, like, an earthquake and a loud wind blow through the room. What's your first reaction? Yes, God, I'm listening. <laughs> or what? Every man for themselves. <laughs> I mean, call 911. I mean, I don't even know what we do. I mean, like, who do you call for a flaming tongue? I don't even know what you do. But these things for them were in their lexicon. These things harken back to all these experiences, these shared stories. These are symbols that mean something to them. You know, there are cultures that do not use these things to symbolize covenant or marriage. If I were to walk into cultures that do not have these types of understandings, I'd say, and I were to offer this to someone, anyone just grab it from me. Sure, thank you. A knee and a ring in this culture has a very distinct meaning. It fits our lexicon, right? Makes sense to us, okay? If I were to go to Spain and, and a random stranger, male stranger, walk up to me and kiss me on the lips, what, what does that mean in their lexicon? Hi, how you doing? Welcome. If that happened in this room, what does that mean in our lexicon? Jake Steininger, get off me, right? That's exactly what it means, right? In this culture, okay, in Alma, Arkansas, I would not dare you, but if I would love to see it. If you walked in and you found a, a very ordinary, country-looking, strong dude in Alma, Arkansas, walk up to them and lock lips, they will not receive the message. <laughs> they will send you another message. It does not fit their lexicon. One thing I want you to understand about this. God will always begin with us in ways that make sense to us. God will begin speaking to you in ways that fit your little lexicon. It's amazing. When I was in charismatic circles, God was always speaking through crazy, outrageous things because that's what we understood over there. When I would hang out with my Baptist friends, God was always speaking through the Scriptures. They would be going through a hard time, and, and they would just be in studying the Scripture, and God would speak through the specific passage and transform them. Because that was what they were expecting. I've actually met with Eastern Orthodox followers of Christ who find such value in these carved images of Jesus or of a, a scene from the Bible. And they would hold this and kind of like run their fingers over it. And they would encounter God. God would speak to them. 
in Catholic churches, there would be people who, who would go to confessional booths, who would have their prayer beads, who would come to bread and, and wafer and just be wrecked. Tears and emotions, reactions, connection. God would speak in those ways. Is it that God only speaks through bread and juice? Or He only speaks through the holy goosebumps? Or He only speaks through wood? Or is it those are the places that we were ready to understand Him? We were listening. We were paying attention to God. The Scriptures are full of some of the most outrageous ways that God speaks to us. Have you guys ever read like the Old Testament prophets before? Some of my favorite reading. I'm going to have to do a series in the Old Testament prophets and get crazy and fun in here. Okay. If I began to strip my clothes off and I bound myself hand and foot and began to wiggle on the ground, would you believe I was speaking a message from God to you? You're unbiblical. You don't read your Bibles. Have you ever even read the Bible? Anybody? Old Testament reading? You need to read the Old Testament. It is amazing. Good times. Good times. How about this? What if, what if I got horns and I began to act like a bull and to charge around the sanctuary? Would you go, everyone be quiet. God is speaking through Pastor Devin. Or would you go, time to get a new pastor. <laughs> right? He's finally lost it. We knew he's on the edge, but he's gone. Biblical, right? If I began, if I was up here preaching to you and all of a sudden I just stopped and I started telling you, I see a sheet coming down from the back row. There are cats and goats and llamas and they're just coming all down and you know what? God told me to eat llamas. Would you go, oh, that makes sense. That had to be God. It's the book of Acts. <laughs> See, the Scriptures are always taking us and saying, no, 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 just more. There's more of God to be had. God is speaking to you in more powerful ways than that. We talked about uh, in the last sermon, we talked about God speaking through places. When you have that favorite place of yours, that spot on the beach or the mountain or the creek or the lake, wherever it is, at home in your favorite chair, whatever it is, and we say, no, 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 that's not God. Well, actually, there's a long history of the Scriptures of God speaking through specific places, specific spots on the earth where God would use it to connect, to say something very unique to someone. Whether it was a temple, whether it was a, a river. If you notice in the Scriptures, there are plots of land, there are hills and valleys, and there are streams and bodies of water that will come up from Old Testament to New because those places have meaning. People have heard God speak through places. For us to begin to learn to hear God, one of the foundational things you've got to do is begin to expand your ability, your, the options. Expand your lexicon. Begin to expect God to speak to you in all these ways that you didn't expect before. We're going to open that up a little bit more next week. And just remember, if it's your first week with us, if, if you're just kind of hearing me for the first time podcast, you need to take all the sermons together. We're building a cake here with this series, okay? If you can't just take this and kind of run with it, you're going to have all sorts of questions for me, all right? We're going to build every week on this, but here's the goal for us. You need to get this. God is speaking to you right now. God has been speaking to you this morning. He's going to be speaking to you this evening. He's speaking to you nonstop. You just have to learn how to hear it how to be awake to it, how to sense it. One of the things I've loved so much about the journey God's taken me on is I've got to learn from people from all these different places. If you ever told me that I was supposed to expect God at the table with bread and juice, I thought you were crazy. 
If you ever told me that to experience God through prayer beads, I thought you were absolutely a heretic. You're crazy. If you were to tell me that to enjoy a good meal with good friends and to allow God to speak through people into my life, even in a casual setting, I would think you're nuts. I got to experience God in so many ways. It's been beautiful. I want you to understand, you have the ability to sense God. And so the question always comes up with this, though. So if God's speaking through everything, right? Okay, Devin, I hear you. God's speaking through the trees. It's the sound of music. I see you on the hills running through the, the, all the lilies, and God's just everywhere, right? Hugging trees. I get the whole idea, right? If God is everywhere, well, how do you really know what's God and what's not? How do you know it's not just a good experience? How do you know it's not just a good idea? How do you even know? If you guys have your Bibles, go to uh, Philippians. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 4. I love these passages. These are always a little bit troublesome for us. I want to start with verse uh, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Seems pretty straightforward right there. Verse 7, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. This is a little bit more interesting. I know we've all been taught this verse, but just think about this. A peace which transcends understanding. What in the world are we even talking about? Here's where it gets amazing. I love this verse. But finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen me put into practice, and then God of peace will be with you. It does not say anything that, isn't, that comes directly from only the Bible, only things that come from Lifeway, only movies that have a PG rating or lower, only songs that come from Air One. It does, come on now, come on, come on, anybody? Come on, people, gracious. It doesn't say these things. I used to hate these verses. I used to not teach them. I would teach around them because I was afraid people would hear these things and get crazy. What if they come to me and say they heard God in a secular song? (sighs) I don't want to have that counseling session. I don't want to get after them. What if they come to me and say, you know what? I was out there on vacation. I wasn't even at church on Sunday. I had a great experience with God. What am I doing then? No, you were not. God does not show up outside of church on Sunday mornings. Crazy. That's not in the Bible. He never does that. Anything that is pure, anything praiseworthy, anything noble, anything beautiful, what in the world? See this. The box of God speaking is growing, expanding. Put your mind, sit in these places. But Devin, what if? What if we start reading bad things? What if we start watching bad things? What if we start just kind of just going way off into the ether? What if, I, what if you do find me walking in my yard barefoot with no shoes on? This is Arkansas. I would not recommend it, by the way. But uh, here's what we do. As Christians, we do have anchors. We do have things that we try to use to keep us focused. How do we know if something is just a thing or if it's God? How do we separate the two? And so I want to start from kind of the broadest picture. Um, almost use like a, a microscope. Have you guys ever used a microscope before in high school? Anybody? Because you zoom from out to in. Each, you get the idea? Okay, no? Okay, that's all right. Just imagine we're looking at something. We're going to begin to hone in on it. The first broad picture. How do we know something is God? The Scriptures teach us Christ. 
the Christ. If you guys read in chapter 8 of, of uh, the book of John, the part we, we started with this morning, they're arguing with Jesus going back and forth. And he's saying, no, 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 you guys are sons of Satan. They end up coming back and saying, okay, Jesus, just acknowledge this and we're done, okay? If you would just acknowledge that you are demon-possessed, then, you know, we can agree to disagree. And he says, no, 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 no. You guys are not sons of Abraham. And they said, yes, we are. And you know what? Our, that God is our only God. And he said to them, he said, well, before Abraham was, I was. At this time, Abraham has been dead for hundreds of years. The man in front of him looks to be around 40 years old. If I said something to you, if I said, before Abraham Lincoln was, I was. Come on, snap out of it, be real. Okay, it's not just a sermon talk. Okay, if I'm talking to you at coffee, being serious, I go, before Abraham Lincoln, Devin. What's your reaction? Yes, exactly. Their reaction was to grab rocks to begin to try to stone this man. This is a reference to what the Apostle Paul calls the Christ. He says, Christ in all, through all, before all. Talks about Christ who existed before the foundations of the earth, that all things are created for Him and through Him, the Him being Christ. Now, this is really interesting. This is a very powerful point for us as Christians to understand. That there is an ability to encounter God outside of our Scriptures, outside of our Christian story, even outside of our story of Jesus. Now, this is the most basic, I don't want to call it primitive, but the most basic form, broad form of connecting to God. The Apostle Paul even goes into detail to talk about how there is a requirement that any, all those who, were, who existed before Jesus, before the Bible, before, even, before, even outside of Judaism, that they will still be held account for how they interacted with God. Because even in creation itself, they have been made aware of the existence and the presence of God. That the Christ is present in all and through all, as the Apostle Paul says. This is the broad spectrum. This is the focus on all things with the good and pure, beautiful and pure and praiseworthy. This is the broad connecting to God. Even in the craziness, I, okay, just stay with me. And again, you have to watch all the sermons. Don't ask me questions you watch all the sermons. Even if someone goes to you and says, hey, I connected to God by walking barefoot in the yard. I have very sensitive feet. You won't catch me doing it, but there might be something there. Oh, believe it. So we bring it back down one. The Scriptures. We begin to judge. How do I know this is God or not? The Scriptures. Now, the Christ is a big, broad circle, and the Scriptures begin to bring it in a little bit more. And so we see in 2 Timothy that the Scriptures are God-breathed. These are things to, to give us a lexicon, right? To tell us where to expect God. What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like when God speaks? And the Scriptures give us, begin to expand our ability to expect God. He speaks to God's people through nature, through, through their conscious mind, unconscious. He gives them dreams and visions, speaks to them through other people. All these different things. The Scriptures give us a lexicon, a way to expect God. The next one that I didn't add a slide for, but I just want to add this in here, is the church, the community of God. One of the ways that the Apostle Paul teaches us to know God is to, is to bring to people, say, okay, um, I was asleep the other night, or I, I just had this feeling, I was in the Scripture, I had this feeling that God was saying this to me. Does this sound like God or not? This is the beautiful thing that, that God gives us, because it requires humility. And so we come in humility to offer what we believe might be God to each other. And this is a safe place. It keeps us from going off the rails, from getting wild and crazy, right? We bring this in, okay, I had this experience with God. Is this good? Is this not? 
And so the community of God is a crucial anchor that kind of brings us in. Now, as Christians, here's our final anchor. Here's how we know when it's God or not God. Jesus of Nazareth. Now, Jesus is the Christ, but this is a more honed in. This is the Christ, which was before the body of Jesus, before Jesus was born in Nazareth, before any of this stuff. The Christ takes on the body of Jesus. The essence of God before time, before matter, before planets, before anything that existed, this being takes on a human body that's locked into time, locked into hunger, into weakness. This Jesus of Nazareth. This becomes the ultimate honing in. We see here in the Scriptures, it says in Hebrews 1, it says that Christ is the exact representation of God's being. Meaning, Jesus is the ultimate picture of who God is. It's the final anchor. We, we check off the, okay, I had this experience. I feel like God's saying this. Does it, does it meet the Christ? Is it beautiful, praiseworthy? Is it something that edifies, that builds me up? Does it teach me to love people more? Okay, does it check off the list of Scripture? Does this fit into the, the Testament of Scripture? Does this fit into community? Do I submit it to people? Or are they coming back to me and saying, no, you're psycho? When I say, yes, that sounds, I've had that same experience. And then lastly, does this look and sound like Jesus of Nazareth? The human being who walked and talked, whose teachings are recorded, is this look and sound like Jesus. So God gives you a huge birth. You get to go and experience God in all of these beautiful ways. And you have, He gives us safety measures. It's almost like um, bungee jumping. Who's ever done bungee jumping? You're going to jump out into the great expanse, but we're going to keep you tethered. We're going to bring you back. You can go out and experience God in those beautiful, unexpected ways, but you're going to stay tethered and rooted because we're going to allow the Scriptures, the Testament of Jesus, the church, to keep you safe. Go all the way down, scream, have a good time, and we're going to bring you back. <laughs> bring you back. Would you guys stand with me this morning? So as we go in deeper in this series, we're going to keep unpacking the ways God speaks to us. And I just want you to have that image of like the bungee jumper, right? The beauty is God sets us free into all of the amazing ways we can connect to God. But He keeps us tethered, keeps us rooted, keeps us connected to the Scriptures, to the church, and to the testament of Jesus. You can hear God speak to you today. Your first step to that, start paying attention in all the other ways. Pay attention to your emotions. Pay attention to your body. Have you walked in a room and just felt something was off? It wasn't even up here. It was here for some reason. I just know something's off here. Pay attention. Pay attention to your surroundings. When you are enjoying a meal with someone, when someone's speaking to you, pay attention. God could put something beautiful inside of them to share with you. When you're with loved ones, pay attention. When you're someone who's hurting, pay attention. When you're in your favorite spot, pay attention. When you're in your worst day, pay attention. God is speaking to you. You just need to pay attention. Father, I just pray for everyone in the room. For every person who just feels like they've never heard God speak to them, I ask that this week would just start a healing process. That they would just know that God has been speaking nonstop. That you would allow them to experience it and feel it for themselves. They'd be able to look back at their life and see all the times that you were speaking and that you were near them, that they just missed it. 
you've never left them. You've never been quiet. You've never been ignoring them. You've never been favoring someone else over them. You've been speaking to them nonstop. That you would start speaking to us in ways that we understand and that you would take us beyond that. Stretch us. There's so much more to enjoy enjoy with you and that you would take us there. So we're going to have the prayer team come on down and I just, you know, let's just be honest. There are people who are hurting today because it's Mother's Day. Some of us don't have our moms with us. Some of us wish we had the connection and some of us have not been able to be mothers. And that might have been something that's very heavy on your heart. If you need anyone to pray with you, we're going to be with you after service. Father, I speak a blessing over every person in the room. We thank you for these mothers. Father, we pray over this church that every female in this body of Christ would feel safe, Lord, that, they, that all the gifts and callings of God would be raised up in, in our women here at Grace Church. Father, we receive them. We ask you to help us to see them and to, to encourage them, to build them up. Father, we ask that every woman in this church would reach their full potential to the kingdom of God. In leadership, Lord, in serving and giftings and callings, Lord, we ask, Lord, we thank you for all the things you placed in them. And we fully embrace them in Jesus' name.